I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of um, Matthew. Matthew 28, we'll read from verse 16 to to verse 20. Matthew 28, reading from verse 16 to verse 20. I'm reading from the NIV translation. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth was given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always. To the very end of the age. Father, again, we thank you for you for who you are. Speak to our hearts in Christ's name. Amen. A message to us this morning is what is your mission? What is your mission? We have been challenged through the messages by Pastor Darrell in Second Timothy on what our mission should be. We see Paul challenging Timothy that his mission is to carry out the gospel message to a lost world. He encouraged him not to be timid or to be ashamed of the gospel he, Paul, was suffering for. Paul encouraged Timothy to preach the word in season and out of season. And he should not be ashamed of the gospel. Timothy's grandmother and mother instill in him that he should hold on to the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Like Paul challenging Timothy, Jesus is challenging, was challenging his disciples in Matthew 28, 16 to 20 to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything he had commanded them. These disciples did not refrain from making disciples and sharing the gospel to a lost and dying world. Many of them died a martyr's death. Timothy did not refrain from sharing Christ. He carried on the message of Paul. The question then is, what about us? Are we willing to die a martyr's death? Are we willing to be in a dungeon as Paul was because we proclaim the name of Jesus Christ? Are we willing to be abused, misused, maligned, mistreated, smeared, criticized, slandered because we name the name of Jesus Christ? What is your mission this morning? Some of us might think, might say, my mission is to encourage the saints. Others might say, my mission is to assist the less fortunate and the poor. Others might, might say, my mission is to, have a, uh, to, to make sure my, my family is in a state of financial 
security. We have all kinds of desires and, and missions. While all of these missions are noble, listen, while all, the, all of these missions are noble, our primary mission, as stated in Matthew 28, is to proclaim the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to make disciples of all nations. Our mission <coughs> is to preach Christ and Him crucified. Cornerstone, that's our mission. Cornerstone, tell people the joyous news. The good news. Tell Christ, tell, tell, tell them that Christ Die for sins, according to the scripture. That he was buried on the third day. That he, that, that, that he was buried. And on the third day he arose triumphantly. Preach the good news. Preach the good news. What is hindering you from proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ? What is hindering you? May I suggest to you, or may I suggest to you what could be hindering us? Could it be that we don't simply love Jesus as we should? Could it that we don't love him as we should? I, I, I would do anything for Q and Trace, and maybe Tracy is saying, I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe because I can, I, can, I can see them, I can touch them, and I know their personalities. But when it comes to Christ, maybe because we cannot see him, we cannot touch him, we don't love him as we should. Look at what, look at what he did for us before we were born. Look at what he did for us. He chose us in him before we were ever conceived. He died a treacherous death. Instead of preaching Christ, instead of preaching, pre preaching the death, burial and resurrection unto a lost world we're more concerned about our day-to-day -day activities we're more concerned about our day-to-day -day activities how am i how am i going to earn the next dollar how am i going to deal with this housing bubble what activities should we have our kids involved in where are we going to on our next vacation how must I deal with the problems I'm facing daily? These are, are, are things that are concerned that, that are concerned we're concerned about when it comes to the when it comes to the great mission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have no interest. When was the last time? Let me ask you this. When was the last time you shared you you you, you shared the gospel or you attempt? To share the gospel with someone who is lost. When was the last time you hand out a track and give to someone? When was the last time? What is your mission, church? What is my mission? What is your mission? Is it to preach Christ and Him crucified? Is it to preach Christ and Him crucified? Christ informed his disciples to go to the mountains of Galilee. While they were there, Jesus started speaking to them. Jesus spoke to them, claiming all authority in heaven and earth. This authority had been given to Jesus by the Father. Now, he was instructing his disciples on the basis of that authority. Christ was 
Christ has all authority to forgive sins. He has all authority over Satan. He has all, he delegated all authority to his disciples. He had all authority to lay down his life and to take it up at his own pleasure. He had all authority to, to calm the raging sea. He had all authority to raise the dead. He had all authority to cleanse the leper. He had all authority to make the lame walk. He had all authority both in heaven and on earth. And guess what? He still does. Matthew made it clear that Jesus has all authority. Not some, but all. Since Jesus has all authority, listen, we may obey him without fear. No matter where he leads, we should be saying, I'm willing to follow. No matter what circumstances we're facing, guess what? He's in control. By his death and resurrection, Jesus defeated all enemies and won for himself all authority. When we read the book of Acts, we see the early church operated on the basis of the Lord's sovereign authority. They, did not, they, they, they ministered in his name. They depended on, on the power and guidance of Jesus. They did not face a lost world on the basis of their own authority, but on the authority of Jesus Christ. This authority has been passed down to us. We have been, we, we have been given this authority. This authority has been bestowed upon us. I believe one, one of the reasons we are so gun shy about proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ to others is because we don't claim the authority of Jesus Christ. We don't claim the authority that has been given to us. Yes, we know that Jesus has, has, has given us the authority. But we are, we are, we are, we are, we are fearful of what others might say. We, 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 might, get, we, we might get tongue-tied. Therefore, I don't, I don't say anything. Listen. When, it, <coughs> when, when was the last time sharing the gospel was about us? It's never about us. It is, it is about those who are lost and outside of Christ. That's why we share the gospel. It's not about us and what, how I feel and how fearful I am. It is about Jesus Christ and about those who are lost and outside of Christ. So when you're on your journey, when you're sharing the gospel, go do so without fear. Do so without fear. What is your mission? Is it to preach Christ, meet disciples of all nations? There are three participles in, the, in our text. Going, baptizing, and teaching. The word translated, go, is not a command, but a participle. The only command in the Great Commission is, meet disciples. Here's what I believe Matthew is saying to us. Since Jesus has been, since Jesus has been, has given all authority, and the authority has been bestowed on us, we are, as we are going, make disciples, or having gone, make disciples. The passage assumes, listen, the passage assumes that we are, that, that we are already witnesses for Christ. It assumes once you have trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're on, you're on your way already preaching the gospel. That's what it, 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 it assumes. Guess what? 
It assumes that we are all missionaries. You are a missionary. I am a missionary. Listen, if you don't miss anything else, don't miss this. People think that, uh, that, that only some are missionaries. People like the pastor, those who have gone to, to foreign countries are missionaries. Listen, let me share something with you. And someone said this. A missionary is not one that has crossed the sea, but one that has seen the cross. And once you have seen the cross, you're a full-fledged, bonafide missionary. Let me repeat it. A missionary is not one that has crossed the sea, but one that has seen the cross. And once you have seen the cross, you are a full-fledged, bonafide missionary. What is your mission? Listen. We are all missionaries. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait until you hear a voice from heaven telling you you're called to be, a mission, to be missionaries or make disciples. You don't have to wait to get a special anointing from God to find out what your calling is. You don't have to wait for a special sign or miracle. You don't have to ask someone what ministry should I be involved in? Maybe the question you need to ask is, can I get some training so that I can make disciples? We should be, we should be on the battlefield winning the lost for Christ. Do you know, that how, do you know how many people are going to hell because we're, we're afraid to pick up the mantle and win the lost for Christ and make disciples? You know how many people are going to hell because we're, we're fearful? Do you know how many people are going to hell because we're asking the question, we're asking the question, what ministry must I be involved in? What ministry must I be involved in? Well, here is a ministry that you should be involved in. Win the lost for Christ. That's the ministry. Make disciples of all nations. That's the ministry. You want the ministry? That's the ministry. Win the lost for Christ. Make disciples of all nations. That's your ministry. That's what you should be involved in. You don't have to, have to ask anyone. You don't have to get a sign from heaven. The Bible assumes that we are, once we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we are winning the lost. We are making disciples of all nations. Therefore, it is while we are going, we should win the lost and make disciples. It is not for us to want them to come so that we can proclaim Christ to them in the comfy chairs and in the cool condition of the AC. We should be going to them. The Bible tells us that we should be fishers of men and women. We should be going out and catching fish. But it's not, but, but, but that's not what we want to do. Instead of catching fish, we want to be keepers of the aquarium. We want folk to come so that we can minister to them. I believe that, the, I believe that as the early church went out in the, in the highways and byways, and they proclaimed the name of Jesus, and, and they, they, they made disciples, they did not wait until... They had a crowd. They did not wait until they had a crowd. 
We are part of the universal church. Therefore, wherever you are, name the name of Jesus Christ. Start a church. Whatever, wherever you are, even if it is, if it is just one person. What is your mission this morning? Is it to meet disciples? Is it to proclaim the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? The term disciple was the most popular name for the early believers. Being a disciple meant more than just being a convert or a church member. A disciple attached himself or herself to a teacher and learned the teacher's way of life and teachings. A disciple identified with, learned from, and lived with the teacher. We have a great task before us. Making disciples is more than, than just being a person making a decision for Christ. It is seeking the spiritual well-being of that person. A disciple is a learner, a pupil. A disciple is not one who only gathers information, but one who practices what he has learned. We need to pursue people and seek to have a special, a personal and intimate relationship with them. Teaching them the doctrines of the faith, justification by faith, redemption, adoption into the body of Christ, sanctification, and the other doctrines of the, of, of the faith. Teaching, teaching disciples to abide in Christ, to love each other, to bear each other's burdens, to love their enemies, to deny yourself, take up the cross, and follow Christ. And follow Christ. Teaching them that Whoever, whoever comes in, in to Christ will in no way get hungry. And whoever believes in him will never be thirsty. Teaching disciples that in the world we have, you have tribulation. But be of good courage. Christ has conquered the world. We are more concerned about our stuff or the stuff of this life than we are about making disciples. Jesus taught his disciples biblical principles. He taught, he taught them that he was the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but, but through him. He taught them that, that, that he, he and the Father were one. He taught them that when he, when he left to go to heaven, he would, he, would not, he would not leave them comfortless, but he would send another comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. He taught them that, that, that he taught them first shall be last and the, and the last be first. He, th he taught them to treat others the way they want to be, <coughs> to be treated. He taught them to seek the kingdom of God and all his righteousness first, trusting that he would supply all their needs. He taught them that men, that men must be saved through grace, through, through, by grace through faith and not by works, I believe we have departed from this biblical principle of discipleship. Pastor Darrell has asked us on many occasions to come alongside a brother or a sister and mentor and disciple them and teach them some of the, these principles I've just mentioned. But guess what? We have, we have not taken up the challenge. We are too busy I have little ones and I cannot find a babysitter. I'm scared because I'm not sure what to say. Or we think it is the pastor, 
<clears throat> the pastor's job to preach the gospel when the lost and build up the saints. We pay him, therefore, this is what he should be, this, this is what he should do. And he should. He should do it. He should. He should do it. He should disciple others. Guess what? It's not only the pastor's job, it is our job also. It is our job. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, Paul says to Timothy, and, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to, to what? Reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Cornerstone, if we, if we continue to make all these excuses, we'll have people coming here and leaving here because no one has come alongside them and discipled them. Will we find sinners? We will find, we will find sinners going to hell because, as Pastor Darrell said last week, we, we have squandered the, the gospel message. We have squandered the gospel message. Will we be, will, will we be able to say that we, are, we have finished the race? That we have finished the race, uh, the race and have kept the faith. Will we be able to say there is a crown of righteousness that has been stored up for us? Remember the analogy Darrell gave last week. Because of, because of, because of the life Paul lived, he looked, he looked down to his death with no fear. He could look back over his life with no regrets. He could look forward to his crown with no doubts. Can you say that of yourself? Can you say, I can look back, I can look back over my life without no regrets. Or I can, I, I can look down to, to my death with no fear. Or look forward to this crown of righteousness that I will receive. What is your mission? Are, are, are we ready to win the loss for Christ? When you go to work, who are you working for? Just, are you working for your family? Are you working for Christ? Your hands, your legs, your mouth, the money that you earn, it's not for you. It's for Christ to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you say when you leave this earth? Can you say that I will receive a crown of righteousness? Can I say that? Can I say, when I look back on my life, I've lived a life which is, which is so long for Christ. And so, when I die, I am sure that I will get a crown of righteousness. Can you say that? Can you truly, truly say, I will receive a crown of righteousness. I have no regrets because I've lived my life for Christ. I have no fear of dying. Because I've known, I've known what I've done because for Christ. Can you say that? Are we concerned about our life? That we're so fearful. We don't share Christ. We don't make disciples. What is your mission this morning? What is your mission? We must make disciples of all nations. We must make disciples of all nations. In chapter 10 of Matthew, Jesus told, Jesus told his disciples not to 
go among the Gentiles and the Samaritan, but to go to the lost sheep of Israel. The disciples were restricted in their mission. Now in chapter 28, we see the restriction was lifted. Christ was now building a universal church that consists of Jews and Gentiles. We must make disciples of all nations. It does not matter what the pigmentation of their skins is. White, black, red, yellow, purple. It does not matter what continent they are from. Europe, North America, South America, Africa, Asia, Australia, and I'm sure there's one more. It does not matter what their economical status is. Rich, poor, middle class. We ought to make disciples of all nations. We ought to make disciples of all nations. Making disciples of all nations requires baptizing, baptizing and teaching. We have dealt with teaching under the under making disciples. So let's look briefly at baptism, baptizing. Part of being a disciple would be would be the accept, would would be the expectation of baptism. When one when someone comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, he or she should be taught to follow up with the act of baptism. To be ready for baptism requires that repentance has, has already taken place. It requires receiving the word and teaching has taken place. When we baptize, we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Notice the text. Notice the text that it does not say the names. It does not say the names of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is singular. It is a singular name. Which refers to the oneness of God. Here the text equates God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit as one God but three distinct persons. A disciple who submits himself or herself to baptism is proclaiming that he or she has broken with the world and has been brought into union with the triune God to whom he or she intends to devote his or her life. What is your mission this morning? Finally, the last part of the passage says, And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. If I, if I were chastising you earlier on, let me encourage you this time. This is one of the most comforting verses in scriptures. When we are on a mission field, let it be known that, guess what? Jesus is with us. Jesus is with us. Our fear should, be, our fear should subside because there is comfort for us. There is comfort in Jesus. Some passage, one passage that comes to mind is Joshua chapter 1. Moses had, Moses, Moses had just died and, 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 and died and God was giving the promise to the land to the land, to the nation, sorry, the promised land, <coughs> to the nation of Israel. <coughs> God said to Joshua, no one 
will able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous and do not be terrified. Joshua did not refrain from this promise. Joshua and the nation of Israel fought against the Ammonites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Jebusites, all the sites, bites, tights, you name it. He fought against, he fought against them. And they, and they, and they held, and they held on to the promise that God will never leave them nor forsake them. In Matthew 28 verse 20, Jesus said, surely, surely, I am with you. Jesus was saying, remember, take note, pay, pay close attention. I will be there with you. I will be there. I will be there for you, no one else but me. Jesus was emphasizing the fact that he will always be there every single step of the way. He will be there, not just, not just for a short period of time, but forever. Jesus will be there days in, all the days of your life, days in and days out. He will not leave you nor forsake your church. He will not leave you, nor forsake you. Listen, when you are on your missionary journeys and you are accompanied by trials, troubles, and difficulties, remember, saints, Jesus will never leave you, nor forsake you. When those fears creep in and you, and you become fearful, Jesus' promise stands sure. I am with you always to the very end of this age. When you're, when, when, you're, when you're at a loss for words and you're not sure what to say, Jesus is saying, my grace is sufficient for you. Be strong and be courageous. I will, I, will be, I will be there for you day in and day out. Jesus will not desert you. He will not. He's there. He was there. We need to claim the promise and go without fear, knowing that he will never leave us, nor forsake us. He will never leave you. So when you are on your missionary journey, when you feel fearful, when you don't have words to say, remember Jesus Christ is there. I will be there always. And surely, I'm with you always to the very end of this age. What is your mission this morning? Is it to make disciples? As we begin the fall with some new ideas for this ministry. And as the elders consult with you concerning different areas of ministry. Will you make a commitment to serve? Why not say I'm going to come alongside, alongside someone and disciple them or you know I'm not I'm not able to disciple I want someone to disciple me find yourself someone and let them disciple you or maybe God is calling, in, calling you into a different area why don't you avail yourself 
and be used by him. So remember, church, as you make disciples, as you go to work, make disciples. As you meet your neighbors in your subdivision, make disciples. As you go to school, make disciples. As you go to the Braves baseball game, make disciples. As you go to the grocery store, make disciples. As you go to the beauty shop or the barber shop, make disciples. As you go to the kids' soccer games, swim meets, football practices, basketball practices, make disciples. Don't make excuses. Make disciples. What is your mission this morning? Is it to make disciples of all nations? Is it it to go and make disciples of all nations? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything he has commanded. And proclaim the promise. Jesus Christ is with with us all the time. What is your mission this morning? What is your mission? Let us pray. Father, I sincerely hope our hearts have been challenged. Father, we pray we will not leave the same way way we came. But Father, be willing and ready to pick up the mantle, go without fear, proclaim the gospel to name the name of Jesus Christ to make disciples of all nations challenge our hearts Lord speak to us Lord in Christ's name Amen.